0: Welcome back to The Unprofessional Professional where I'm the professional
1: and I'm the unprofessional
0: and we delve into important topics from both sides of the desk. Welcome back to The Unprofessional Professional. This is season two and I'm super excited for this episode because I, I've i been doing a lot, a lot of writing. Even before this semester, I've always done writing my whole life. It's like my outlet to things. Um, and I'm not with my husband in this episode. It's just me. And it's like kind of really important to me this episode because I wrote a poem about my mom, which I've never done before, which sounds kind of strange. But I almost didn't feel like I had the tools to be able to properly like encapsulate her like I I didn't have all that I needed to have to like really capture who my mom is and so a while ago I read a poem it's called How I Knew Harold by Deborah Harding and she goes through these years like 19 this 19 this and you know whatever and she goes throughout these years of this person's life and tries to piece together the most important years to like figure out this person and to be able to truly show who this person is based on the years of their life. And so I thought about that for my mom, about using these important pieces of her life um, and finally end up in a place that shows you who she is now. And, And this will make sense in a little bit, especially if you read that, that poem that I was talking about, but, um, I'm pretty excited for this one so I'm going to interview my mom along with my brothers David and Angel. David's 20. Angel's going to be 16 soon. and um, My husband will be there, um, but this is really my thing this time. And so I'm going to read like bits of my poem based on the date and interview my mom based on her life around that time. This is going to be really interesting for me because I I'm excited to like get to know my mom better. She's always made me kind of nervous my whole life and this isn't to be mean. Um, She's just such a powerful person and I've always felt like intimidated by my mom in the best way. Like I've always wanted to live up to her Um, and we've kind of had like weird falling outs because of that and and our relationship was kind of like fuzzy when i was a teenager now we're super close and so i'm excited to kind of get those years back and talk to my mom and so i hope you enjoy it um, the poem that i wrote is called what heather knows that's my mom's name um, and i hope that you like it all right off we go 1971. Happy birthday. You were born screaming and alive. You were stubborn, unwilling to wait until your due date. You had to make your own decisions and never needed an itinerary to tell you what your next move was. Not even God could stop you. You were born to an Auda and a Monroe. You were born with purpose and intent. You made your debut three days before your favorite holiday, you lucky child. Favorite color green and worth more than a pot of gold, you were the rainbow to an Auda and Monroe storm. You were born with robin egg eyes. Not just the color, of course. You were fragile and people knew that you'd be easy to crack. You were destined to build a nest around yourself because your original foundation would break. You would have to build, mold, and shape it for protection. Heather. No Highlander walks by the flower without picking it. It's the perfect name for her, he said. As a flower, the Scots have said heather to be a good omen. Sturdy, delicate, natural remedy for the soul, from seed to soil to roots. Let's see how you grow. I'm here with my mom. Say hi. Hi. (laughs) What's your name?
2: My name is
0: Heather Monroe. Heather Monroe. And I wrote about this poem that has to do with her name and how much I love it. So that's part of part one. 1971 is my first part. I'm also here with Logan. Hello. My husband. And?
3: (laughs) Angel. Who is? Little brother. How old are you? 15.
0: (laughs) Okay. And with?
3: My name is David. I'm 19 years old. And help me. Yeah, I'm her brother.
0: And child. he's I'm, calling for help.
3: Yep, I'm the middle child.
0: Awesome. So we're, you're turning 16, you're turning 20, and and we're going to talk about... Yep, yeah, we're going to talk about my mom turning 50, <laughs> 35, and... Um, all right, let's start with 1971. So obviously you were born and you don't remember anything, but your name is very special. So why, do you know why you're named what your name, like talk about it?
2: My dad picked it. Why? Because it's Scottish and he's, he was very happy about this Scottish heritage. And that was going to be his baby daughter and he wanted the name Heather.
0: I love that. And did you have any nicknames growing up?
2: Oh boy. <laughs> no, not really.
0: Not from <laughs> grandma, burger.
2: Um, my grandma used to make me always point to myself, and she would say, "Who's my baby? Where's my baby?" She'd make me point to myself, even when I was like twenty years old.
0: Aww. in the middle of the,
2: like the, the pub in the middle of the mall or something. She'd be like, "Where's my baby?" And I have to like point to myself. <laughs> Did she
0: call you feather? Is she the one that called you she feather?
2: Would say because she would. Get confused and not say Heather. Or she called me Kyle, Diane, Carol, all my aunt's <laughs> names. Anybody but your name. Yep. Yeah. You do that with us. Mm-hmm.
0: I just tagged you in something about that on Facebook. Um, And what was the other thing I was going to say? Okay, things that you remember, like, growing up. Like, what do you remember about growing up? Like, don't get to, like... 1989 yet, like when you're old, ready to grad, not older or ready to graduate, like teenage and younger, like what, like let's.
2: Being a child?
0: Yeah. Start with being a, a kid.
2: Being a child, like back in the late 70s, early 80s. Was, I don't just, I had a great childhood.
0: Like what do you remember?
2: The toys I had. Like what? I had, I loved dolls and Barbie dolls. And light, bright, and Etch-a-Sketch. <laughs>
0: yeah. Really? I think that my professor's the same age as you, so I think he's going to know what you're talking about.
2: Yeah. Light, bright. Light, bright. Etch-a-Sketch. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And Rubik's Cube.
0: Didn't you have like a magnetic
2: doll uh, thing? I, I had certain games that were just fun. Oh, the Muppets. <laughs> it, the, the Yeah, Miss Piggy. She had like her own magnetic clothes. You could change her outfits, <laughs> and they would magnetically stick to her. That's really cute. Like in this book. Yeah.
0: Where did you go to school?
2: To Hoover.
0: What do you remember about, like, your friends or, like, were you bullied? Like, things like that.
2: Uh, was, <laughs> I really didn't get bullied. Although there was these two girls in gym because I was a chunky kid. But yes, they were chunky, both of them. <laughs> and they would call me fat. And they were both fat girls. And I just remember thinking one day, I'm like, I'm going to stand up for myself and be like, So I did, one day I just said, Have you looked at yourself? They never bothered me after that again. Except the one said she had a thyroid problem. <laughs> so she tried to have an excuse for why she was fat. But the ironic thing is, and I don't get trouble You're throwing good. names here, You're good. the one girl's name was Susan Bully. B U L L
0: Y. That's unfortunate. Her name,
2: last name was bully. Yeah.
0: So you remember kind of like standing up for yourself and being kind of yeah, like I just got feisty. One for
2: the most part, I got along with all the kids. I had a lot of good friends.
0: Any best friend that you can remember being younger? Like I'm talking elementary.
2: Yeah, there was a little group of us. I
0: yeah, love that.
2: Had a lot of friends. Had a lot of birthday parties.
0: What was your favorite one?
2: Birthday parties. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were all fun. And I n- I never knew March 14th if it was going to be a spring kind of birthday outside. I would greet my friends in the driveway and we'd run around and play outside for a while. Or if it was going to be freezing winter birthday. Never knew. But my mom always had, like, prizes. My People that came to my birthday party got more gifts than I got from them. She'd have big prizes and give them to them. We'd play games. I always had a big cake. Yellow cake with lemon filling and chocolate
0: frosting. <laughs> and she gets that to this day. Yep. Her 50th birthday is coming. And that's the one thing that she said. It has to be from Wolfer's. Yep. Walters, well, Walters, sorry. Yep. Lemon filling with well, yellow cake, chocolate frosting. That yep. was mommy's request. Yep. Um, what about like high school? Like, what do you remember? Don't really talk about the 80s just yet. More like your Friendships, how you were, like clubs you were a part
2: of. I was in drama and theater. Any and like Mr. memorable? Star show? was my teacher. Yeah, it was really memorable. I enjoyed theater
0: class. Any memorable shows?
2: I was in a show called Free to Be. <laughs> and we traveled to different elementary schools with the show on the bus. And Ooh. it was all about just being yourself and you know, staying away from drugs, not being a bully, free to be. Oh. Yeah. I and mean, we just danced and did some songs. Aww. It was a great little show.
0: And you said, David, that you would be friends with Mom in high school. Why did you say that?
3: Oh, well, David would have been one of my best friends. <laughs> Why do
0: you guys say that?
3: I think because me and Mom have a lot of similarities. We're a lot alike. And I think that I patterned after her path in high school. I definitely patterned after her path in high school and, I was the same way. I was decent toward people, and I was especially decent toward people if they were decent toward me.
0: Mm hmm And what did you do in high school?
3: I did theater, and I'm proud of it, and uh, I enjoyed all the classes, and I did a good number of plays and musicals, and I made some good friends, and I learned to uh, be a little more outgoing and speak out a little bit more especially in front of a crowd but I also did you know some wrestling when I first got to high school and things like that so I I kind of dabbled pretty much everywhere in high school you both and I always kept an open mind
0: what about you judge do you think you would have been friends with mom in high school
3: probably why I'd be the
4: weird one though what, why I'd be a like troublemaker
0: and like getting mom in trouble <laughs> yeah. were you a troublemaker or were you like no not oh talk about detention which way when you went into detention it was like this. oh it
2: wasn't that was in detention i did, i tried to take all regents classes i wasn't smart enough to get away with it for math so math was a struggle for me i ended up having to take not general math but basic math they put me in which is basic math and they sent me down to the my math class from my regents class it was like going from I can't even explain it. Like, a <laughs> very bright room to the darkness. <laughs> but it was like every bad kid in the school was in that classroom. And I walked in and the boom box was playing some heavy metal music. And the teacher was trying to get attention. And no one, you couldn't hear her over the class at all. So She had to call Mr. Fisher down, the assistant principal. And he told the whole class, screamed out, shut the, and he said F. He said the word, up. <laughs> oh to the glass.
0: Oh my gosh,
2: like the breakfast club. They were were defiant and one guy was scraping something into the desk next to me and I just sat there like, what (laughs) the heck? (laughs) Oh
0: my god! What am I doing? Oh my gosh. Needless to
2: say, I passed that class because it was easy, but oh my gosh, poor Mrs. Duke.
0: I love how you remember their names. Do you remember anything about, like, grandma and papa when you were younger? Like, things that they would say or how they looked? Or, like, what do you remember? They were
2: completely different. Okay, how? Now they're, they're older and they worry about what they eat, and where, <laughs> where they go, and how they speak. And, well, my, I have a mouth. I do have a truck driver mouth sometimes. Me too. But I got that from both of my parents accredited for it. My dad... Would come home and drink two liters of Pepsi by the just by the <laughs> gallons, right? By two liters by the gallons. But he today now will tell you how bad Pepsi is and how much fructose corn syrup is in it. Mm-hmm. But he, that was his drink of choice. He drank a lot of it, and he he, he would swear and watch comedies, stand up <laughs> comedies, George Carlin, and
0: Did you Richard, say Richard Pryor. Pryor? Yeah. <laughs>
2: And now, like, if we, now if we put anything on, we got to make sure it's, like, rated G in front of him. And it's funny how you forget how you are when you were younger.
0: Is there anything that you remember when you were younger that, like, I know that you said you always wanted to be, like, a grandma, even when you were, like, younger. I've always
2: wanted to be a grandma since I was a little kid. Why? Because I just just had, like, a comforting feeling sitting in, like, a rocking chair or a very comfortable chair holding my grandchild. I In a warm that, blanket.
0: I think that that's really cute of you. Like when you were younger and all the dolls you had, you probably,
2: you know. Oh, yes. But not not so much imagine being a mom, but thinking about being a grandma as a little child. Oh. It was weird. I
0: love that. Well, we're going to keep going with this conversation. We'll be right back. 1989. love your dress. Puffy sleeves, half black and half white, pink lipstick, blue eyeshadow, and new wave hair. John in his white suit pulls up to your house. Honk. He doesn't come in. He's older than you and is sure to let you know that. His records, TV, and friends are all so much cooler than yours. You kiss your dad goodbye and he whispers that you're worth the world. He always lets you know that when John shows up. When you walk outside, you notice that your car door is not held open. Strange, because that's what your dad does. In fact, your dad zipped up your jacket for you and helped you step into your high heels as you left. What do you got all that makeup on for? John says, going to see some other boyfriend tonight. It's just me and it's just prom. If you love me, you wouldn't wear all that makeup. Your dad's voice comes to mind. You're worth the world. And we're back, and we're here uh, with our next part. We just went over 1989. Why is that year significant to you, Mom?
2: Because I finally graduated from Padmore <laughs> West High School.
0: And you went to prom. And I
2: went to prom. Do
0: you remember your dress?
2: It was white with black trim. <laughs> and oh, my God, it was poofy everywhere. <laughs> and I had a mullet-style hair
0: and song of the your song
2: oh it's, uh, oh billy joel these are the times to remember
0: and didn't you you wrote so i went through your stuff and you had like a card and said like the song you want to hear tonight remember like the card it said like who's your date this or that they had you fill out a card you wrote crazy for you
2: oh madonna yeah did
0: i you did really? i yeah i read that card oh you kept it It's weird but you you're probably like, oh
2: No, I do remember that. I used to love Madonna. I remember
0: that. I love that. Let's talk about the eighties. What do you remember? What did you wear? Favorite band song? Go. Let's start with what did you wear? What did I wear? Like if you were gonna wear an outfit to high school, what did you wear?
2: We just had oh like I was like the sweater over the collar shirt type of girl, the beads, the long hanging beads.
0: <laughs> did you ever wear like <laughs> lace gloves?
2: No. Okay. It was the Madonna look, all the black band bracelets going mm. up your arm.
0: Who'd you hang out with? What did they
2: dress like? Oh, some girls like that. We had a girls that dressed with the lace gloves and the bands and the yeah. What about the boys? Um. Hmm. They kind of. The more of the boys I was friends with kind of had that uh, punk style sort of almost like getting to the mohawk stages of hmm. that hair look. and A lot of mullets the, coat, the long hair in the back and the short on the side <laughs> you're <laughs> right hangers, black leather jackets and fringe hanging from it but those kids were so cool and that music was the best in the 80s was the best music
0: what was your favorite? You
2: had rap at its best time awesome. ever, ever, and you had um, you you had the best rock and roll. The heavy metal was at its best, and hair bands, and then you had pop music and the icon Michael Jackson and the Thriller. When mm-hmm. I mean, we all ran home to watch Thriller on MTV. And judge, how do you connect? My son loves. Michael Jackson.
0: Oh, by the way, really quick side note. This is Angel, but we call him Jodge. It's just a family name. His dad used to say Jaja, which is like hush, hush, or like calm down in Spanish. It's just like a sort of soothing sound. So we started to call him Jaja, but then it ended up becoming Jodgy, so... Or Jodge, so now we call him Jodge, Jodgy, Jodgini, Jodgy-G Fettuccine. (laughs) Like, (laughs) so Jodgini Fettuccine. How do you uh, relate to that, to mom?
4: Uh, I probably, I would have bought the Thriller jacket.
0: Well, what do you do now?
4: I would would buy a Thriller jacket.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You, you, would like, dance, right? Yeah, yeah. And you love that kind of, that era. Yes.
4: I would go there for music if I had to choose that.
0: For sure. Yeah.
4: And not just that, I'd like 80s music. Like,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. You have a connection to oh,
4: 80s
1: music? Oh, you know, absolutely. Most of my music growing up was from the 80s, like Iron Maiden, things like that. My dad, you know, had all these stories of his own big poofy hair and... Uh, Camaros and Demon Rats, uh, you know, and in, in, in all this Camaro. all these stories and
2: IROC Z's. What
0: is yeah. that? Yeah. What's a Camaro and IROC Z? Well,
1: oh, Camaro's a car. Of the time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking
2: pants. I'm like, Shame what kind me. of pants are those? What's <laughs> I rock. an IROC Z? IROC was a, a car back then.
0: Oh, my! (laughs) Dr. Sarkozy is going to listen to this and go, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, It's fine. Um, Anyway, um, I want to keep talking to you. Sorry. Um, Okay, any concerts that you went to that you remember?
2: My first concert that I ever went to was Foreigner. (sighs)
0: Song of the song that you were waiting for. I want to
2: know what love is. And they brought the whole (laughs) choir here in the background. It was great. The Graham was great. It was an awesome concert. Very good. That's amazing. Yep. It was a good concert. I was 14, I think. That's yeah. crazy.
0: And Eddie was Eddie Money in those years?
2: I saw Eddie Money later on when I was about 20
0: mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. Melody Fair,
2: which isn't here anymore, but you could see really good concerts there back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I was about 10 rows back from the stage, And I saw empty seats in the front row. And my aunt went to the bathroom. I saw two seats up there, and they were empty for a while. So I ran up and sat in the front row. And Eddie Money came off the stage while he was singing Two Tickets to Paradise and sang that part of that song to me in the front row at Melody Fair.
0: I love that. Did he kiss you?
2: On the cheek, yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. That must have been amazing. Yeah. Um, what was the other question I was going to ask you too? Um, oh my gosh. I'm terrible. Oh, oh, your aunt. And I was thinking about this. So you learned to drive from your aunt. And what was your like first car? How old were you?
2: She taught me to drive and she let me use her car. And I can't even remember what it was. It was something like the one you have. Mm -hmm. It was a little car. Was it red? It was dark navy blue. But she let me drive it after I got my license. She let me have it for the whole day. And I went to my first boyfriend's house driving there. I thought I was like a big cheese Mm -hmm. driving down the S-curves toward the west side of Buffalo. And I just had my license. But my first car was a red Cavalier with black leather seats inside. That's what I was thinking. That I bought with my graduation money. That and my dad helped me pay for the rest of it. That was really nice of him. Yeah. Papa's the best.
0: It was a great car too. I just wrote a poem about Papa how much I love him. Mm-hmm. Do you remember like what did you do for fun? Like you and your friends are gonna hang out this weekend. Where are you going? Oh
2: <laughs> Boulevard Ball, go to
0: the arcade. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> <It's huge. laughs>
2: What kind big, of games? Big arcade. Pac Man, yeah. Galatza. Um oh. oh. uh what was that? Centipede. Space Invaders. Space Centipede. Invaders.
1: Was that Rampage Time too, or?
2: Donkey Kong.
1: Oh, no, okay,
2: yeah. Hmm. I think. Certainly and uh, there were great video games. And it was a huge arcade. Hmm. And you just get dropped off there by your parents and walk through the mall and go to the <laughs> arcade.
0: And what did, pa- what did Papa do? Was that in the 80s when he did this to all your friends?
2: Oh, yeah. I went to the, <laughs> I went to the movies and me and my one friend, Teresa, she was my best friend in high school. And I went to the movies. I was with my brother, but he had three friends of his with him. And we got back a little too late for my dad's taste. So he called us all inside when we pulled in the driveway and made everybody come inside. Sat everybody on the long couch and took his belt off and went down the line to each person, <laughs> especially the boys, put the belt in everybody's face to let them know. But, but he's not playing around and... Can't
0: do that now. Yeah.
2: Respect my daughter. Respect girls. Get a job. I think you did the same thing to Rachel when she had a boyfriend over with
0: Oh, no. I went to this boy's house right before I dated Logan. Like, right before. And we were doing nothing. We were literally hanging out at his house. But we walked outside to start go walking to the local ice cream shop. And as we were coming outside, Papa pulls up somehow. (laughs) He found where this kid lives, <laughs> I came out, he rolls down his window, looks, Tom, Tom is his name, dead in his eyes, and he goes, you're a good Catholic boy, aren't you? <laughs> and Tom went, yeah. <laughs> and then we never talked again. Nobody um, Danny in the basement. Oh yeah. What should get jobs. What are you doing
2: down there?
0: Yeah, he yeah. He he, he definitely too. stood up and made sure we were respected and that's what I love about Papa <laughs> and my mom is that we kind of grew up where like any of us could be strong. Like my mom was kind of expected to stand up for herself and encourage to. And when she couldn't, Papa did. Do you want to tell them about and Papa told those two boys to kind of like fuck off.
2: Oh, yeah. With <laughs> It was uh, at high school?
0: Yeah. Didn't he, like, pull up or something? Yeah,
2: it was uh, just a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. And I had two boys. I think they were, like, maybe 11th graders. And they were, like, teasing me. Like, you know, they used to talk about your chest and, like, try to touch you, you know, mm-hmm. see how far they can. Very different. See how they could push you, you know. And and uh, I came out of school. I was crying. And I just—I don't know why I should have known better to tell my dad. I said these boys—they were trying to touch my chest, and they were talking about my chest. And i and and he, um, and I looked up, and they were both walking out of the school. Mm-hmm. And I was so emotional and crying at the moment. I said, "There they are." <laughs> <laughs> and that was the biggest mistake of my life. Because he waited till they crossed Delaware and started walking down Delaware Road, and they got Not away from school, the school. Bro. And he pulled up alongside of them. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. That's funny because I got to really quick about my mom. It's funny how life imitates life. (laughs) And these girls were bullying me and it was my birthday. And um, they just like didn't come to my birthday. It was really sad. I was like my 12th birthday or something. 13th birthday. And they ended up calling my house phone because, angel, house phones and cell phones like...
2: (laughs) You had to dial Yeah, you had
0: to call. I well, no, for me, you had oh. to like use the landline even though still to call mm-hmm. even just 12 years ago. And um, they called and they were like, we're having a party over here. And my mom called them and she was like, listen, you little bitch. <laughs> my, my mom was like, I can be 12 as long as school's over. <laughs> um, I love this conversation. We are going to keep going. We'll be right back. 1995. You met a man who tells you that he only gets angry with you because he loves you. Antonio. He tells you that the trauma in his life makes him misunderstood. When he slams his fist into the table when you catch him cheating, you'll think it's because he loves you so much. His emotions just fill up and up until they overflow, you'll say. He doesn't know how to say he loves someone. When he gives you a black eye, he'll kiss your swollen purple lid. He'll tell you to match the other eye with some shadow from Rite Aid. When your lip is cut from a thrown remote, he'll give you money to purchase tinted gloss. I guess he didn't want your friends to know just how expressive his love was. He'll tell you how much weight you've gained. Even the uncontrollable will be controlled. You've noticed that you feel nauseous. You crave Louis Scum Dogs more than normal, extra onion, extra mustard, and you're not receiving a new daily bruise. After you take the test, which you have more than, enough, more than enough substance for after nervously drinking Loganberry all day, you anxiously wait for one line. Two lines means two people, you and the baby. One line, oh please, please God, not another one, you'll think. You left heaven when you wanted to, jumping to earth, arms folded and stubborn as ever. God loves payback. 1996. Green. Her eye color is green. You'll look down at her through bloodshot eyes from pushing, and it's just you and her. She can see through you, even beyond you. She came right on time, wanting to please God. People-pleasing will be her worst trait. Rachel, it means Lamb of God, you'll think. Soft but wise, trusting and cautious. You're worth the world, little one, and you understand now. I decided to combine 1995 to 1996 and I included this part in my poem because I think my mom is one of the strongest people I've met in my life but you can't have strength unless you go through trial and kind of trauma and everybody in the room got kind of solemn because talking about my dad is like a toughy uh, or a touchy subject but it's something that we've all kind of worked through and has brought us together and I think it's an formative part of writing about my mom because it affected me. And so, let's talk about like meeting my dad. Sorry.
2: <laughs> no. Um. It was at on Elmwood Avenue down in the bar section, Coles. Coles Bar next to Mr. Good Bar.
0: Mhm.
2: We I was just out with some friends. We were dancing. we were having a good time. He danced good. I I stared at him. He stared at me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then we like just headed off.
0: My dad's kind of like a goofball, and that's why people are like attracted to him because yeah. he has like a He's funny. Ch- charming, is what you would say. <laughs> um, but he, it's he can be
2: funny,
0: yeah. But it's no secret because I wrote about it, he has abusive tendencies, and unfortunately, me and my mom took the brunt of that. Luckily, the divorce happened when David was young, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, But, like, if you don't mind talking about it, when did my dad start to turn, and how did that affect you?
2: It was, like, right in the beginning you could see things. Like what? Well, because sometimes people that are abusive, well, probably most of the time people who are abusive are also liars. So they lead double lives, and they have other people that they're involved with and lie to them. And you think you're the only person in their life. When actually I was pregnant with Rachel, another girl was pregnant with...
0: My half-brother. Yes. Yeah.
2: Who was born a month after you.
0: He wasn't truthful. He was kind of...
2: Like a lot of lies and deception.
0: Yeah. And physically abusive, which we both kind of had to go through, which, you know, I'm not really going to talk about because that is personal to us, but it did bring us closer together but let's talk about when I was born. What did that do for you? Because well, I'm perfect.
2: Well, I always wanted in my head to have a boy first. The boy is supposed to be born first, and then I'll have a girl, and the boy can protect the girl, and that's how life's supposed to go, but that's not how it went. I had Rachel, and it was the perfect way my life was supposed to go, because she is, my all my kids are strong, but Rachel is probably the strongest of my kids. And the toughest of my kids, and she is the better, best, not better, best older sibling. Thanks, mom. Leads and guides her brothers. good good person to follow her. Thanks, mom. Good example.
0: Yeah, we went through a lot together, and like something I do feel comfortable talking about is like my dad just got really heightened abuse, and I really took a lot of that when I was little. A lot of belt stuff. I watched some scary stuff with my mom, but. Um, I remember like feeling overwhelmed by it my mom feeling overwhelmed by it it was like nearing the end of all of this and David I think maybe you were born or close to or something but we were just laying in my mom's bed and I think he was out and we just like held each other and we like really were each other's Basties did that a lot trauma bond um, and <laughs> I mean really, and but we really grew together, and like n- we know each other 's like triggers,
2: yeah,
0: and um no go ahead
2: no I just you keep talking because i 'm pulling up something okay, uh, and then i 'll show you when I find it
0: no it 's good, but I think it 's important that we talk about that because like i 'll n- know when my mom 's uncomfortable and we 'll leave or i 'll know when she 's getting ticked off and like we know each other's triggers really well or she'll know when I'm getting pissed off and she'll be like okay time to go or we ended up learning a lot about each other and even more in our adult relationship. Do you want to tell them what you're showing me?
2: I'm showing Rachel a picture of me and her cheek to cheek at Chuck E. Cheese and I can see in the picture you're saying cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're saying cheese. We're cheek to cheek. There's so many pictures like that. Yeah. Because like you we were you were like my little best friend
0: mhm
2: yeah definitely
0: we really were and so we my mom's always been really good I was at taking at that picture at work today
2: that's why i brought it up right now oh my! there's a couple in here like that but
0: She's really good at documenting things, like taking pictures and home videos. And so the, all of us have birth home videos. Not, like, of the birth, but, like, no. like after we're cleaned and whatever. Yeah. And I wrote about this in my poem, but in the my birth video, my, I'm her first one so her first birth so she's like hocked up on drugs in it and she's like super bloodshot she's got like those blood vessels all in her chest and face and her eyes are like bulging out um but just (laughs) her and I the way we were looking at each other when I was born it was just like okay we're in this we're in this together
2: yeah
0: and she she had she's showing me another photo which
2: is cheek to cheek
0: again Mm mm-hmm and David if you don't mind I don't mean to pull this out and and make you feel traumatized. But how has dad not being around and seeing what mom has gone through affected you? Like, how do you see mom? How do you see yourself?
3: I mean, I just see myself as somebody that's, you know, I guess had, I've always had my grandfather that's been there for me as a father figure. Mm -hmm. And I've had my mom that's done both jobs. She's done the mom and the dad gig. Um, But my mom is my mom, and just her being my mom and just being there for me whenever I've had a difficult day or I'm having a tough period in my life, that's always been enough for me. I've never needed my dad.
0: How do you feel? Because you're 19, you're an adult, one day you're going to get married and have your own kids. Like, do you want kids? Do you feel... How do you feel now as an adult and having gone through that?
3: Well, I mean, I don't take things personally now. I mean, I think maybe there's still, like, a little anger in me towards my dad that I don't really, I don't know, like, fully get. I don't get it myself, but I think now at the age that I'm at, I I do... Think about kids sometimes like I think about eventually having my own kids when I'm married and all that I mean I'm still trying to figure out the girl situation and how to <laughs> you're even, fine even get that going um, but I just that's the top thing that I realize is whoever is whoever would be the mother of my children I want to make her the happiest lady ever because I want to work very hard to make her happy and I want to give my kids like everything
0: I know, and you're a good boy, and and mom did a really, really good job. I think that you kind of saved us all a little bit. And how do you feel? Angel's my half-brother, let me just say that, but we hate saying that. I never, ever call Angel my half-brother. He's my brother. It makes me actually uncomfortable to actually be saying this right now. Yes, and yesterday, Logan he was like, oh, wait, Angel is your half-brother. Like, it just does not even make sense because we're so much more alike than me and David. David's really sweet and quiet, and me and Angel are kind of, like, rude and bitchy, and, like, we're kind of, like, more funny and outgoing. (laughs) How do you feel knowing what Mom went through and how that affects you as a growing young man?
4: Well, I hate to think of Mom, like what she went through I don't like to think about stuff like that because mm-hmm. like seeing stuff about that in school or on TV and then like she talks about it sometimes and I just don't like when she brings it up because then it like puts pressure on me to not like do anything about it and I can't do anything about it because I don't have a time machine to do something about it so that it kind just, of feels overwhelming like David said it shows me to be a better man when I grow up and eventually you get married and you make her the happiest person, not yourself.
0: I think that that's really, really sweet of you. What do you think hearing them say that? That's
2: good.
4: They better be good guys.
2: But papa has a lot to do with that too. Always telling them the whole door's open Just being polite and being kind.
0: Being good. Yep. Boys. And I write about this a little later in the poem, but it's funny <sighs> It's awful, statistically, that it's, like, a big shock that I met somebody as nice as Logan, but, like, what did you think coming into this situation and knowing kind of, like, my past and stuff about, like, what do you think about my mom and I and our progress in our relationship? and?
1: Oh, you know, I, I never <clears throat> I, I never had any negative thoughts. I had known people in abusive situations growing up. Like, even though I didn't personally go through anything, I was just very, you know, I, I just either both taught myself or was taught to you know, judge and stuff so I just always had an open ear and just took everything in more to understand you know you guys better so everything that I learned it just made the progress that you guys made made more made it make more sense so seeing you you know being so strong or so kind to other people you know knowing that the things that have happened to all of you at one point, you know, just, you know, almost solidified. Like, oh, you are truly this this good person. You truly are this kind or this this generous and things but like I, that. But so.
0: I get that from you. Like, what are some things that you told me growing up? Well, you told me you'd beat my ass if I were over a bully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't like bullying, Yeah.
2: You know? And just to be polite and always be grateful. Say please and thank you.
3: Mm-hmm. Don't go to bed angry.
2: Don't go to bed angry. Mm-hmm. Even if you are, you have to tell people. And
0: she never, ever did. At if the end of the them. day, my mom would always come in my room, because, like, I was a teenage girl. Like, we didn't have, every day wasn't perfect, but she would come in and be like... We'll talk tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. So, I'm mad at you, but I love you. Yeah. Or we'd forgive or whatever, but... Anyway, I know that this is, like, a, a separate... We're not getting into specific details, but I think it is an important formative part of my mom's life because it affects everybody in this room and it really made you who you are. So in saying that, let me stop this here and we'll finish it out. We'll be right back. 2003. David is two, your miracle baby, destined to help you tackle a Goliath task. He's your strength and confirmation that what you're doing is right. You signed the divorce papers, your most beautiful penmanship, slingshot right to the head, ensuring the past is dead. 2021, happy birthday. You're 50. You wake up in the home that you own. Your king bed, all to yourself. You stretch your legs and arms as wide as possible, reaching and reaching, and you love it this way. You look in the mirror and smile, touching the wrinkles around your mouth. The lines on your face are a roadmap to fulfillment. Your green-eyed girl's 25 years old and met a man who never gets angry with her because he loves her. Your wrinkles tell the story of your love for others, and you're proud that you have so many pages written. You walk away from your vanity with as much makeup as you please, passing your diplomas, pictures of your children, and touching the wooden railing that you built for your stairs, just because you had the money and you felt like it. Today, you'll put on your Tommy girl perfume. You do it because you're worth it. You put on your favorite black heeled boots, dark denim jeans, and leather jacket. As you grab your keys to leave, You catch one more glimpse of yourself in the glass of the swinging side door. Heather, it's the perfect name. All right, we are going to finish this out with a better, lighter note. So... (laughs) You divorced my dad. I'm like six or seven. You're like one or two, right?
2: David's like about a year and a half.
0: And what was the feeling? Because I know what I felt.
2: It was like a relief. I could be on my own and do things and not be scared and do, have, have a life.
0: Yeah. What was the one thing that you did for yourself after, for well, you? I ended
2: up losing a lot of weight. And I felt better about myself. I got in good shape. Put it all back on now. But... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Whatever, it's quarantine. So did I. I was talking
2: about years ago, <laughs> and I met some good friends that are still in my life that I'm grateful for.
0: And You had Davy, and you always call oh, him David. your miracle baby, David. But did that help with that too? Kind like, of.
2: David is like the heart and soul of the of the group.
0: And how did he make you not know, like? Not make you know, but, like, help you realize, yeah, I need to, this divorce needs to happen. Like, I can't.
2: Because you were, like I said, a strong kid. Mm -hmm. You were also a girl. And an abusive situation on a little boy would have been a lot worse. And David was a lot more sensitive person. And I didn't also want him to see that that's the kind of behavior that men should have. And some of the things he was involved with. I didn't want my son to be involved with those things. Yeah. And wreck his life, too, so.
0: Yeah. And I'm proud of you. It's not easy.
2: Right. I go through things. People, everyone struggles, even mm -hmm. now, but you know at the end of the day that you can make better choices and, you know.
0: Yeah, totally. So what did you learn from that? Or, like, what do you think about now? And you're like, I wish I would have told myself that.
2: Oh, Jeez, you go through worthless moments when you're an abusive. Like I've had days when I didn't brush my hair and I would go out of the house that way. And I look at pictures now and I see, you can see my hair is unbrushed. And I'm like, can't believe I left the house that way. Or just not caring about how you're dressed and, you know. And then you have somebody that you're with telling you not to look at them when when they're talking to you. Look, look away. You should never, you should always be able to look somebody in the eye and talk to them.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, you told me to stand up for myself growing up. Mm -hmm. Like when I was younger, you'd be like, just tell that bitch no. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he just always like had my back and told me to be strong and stuff.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, you're going to be how old this year? (laughs)
2: 35. 50.
0: (laughs) But we say 35 around here. Um, And like... Probably the best you've ever been and most secure and happy and, like, I'm really yes. proud of you. If you were to wear one word on a shirt, what would it say? For the rest of your life, you had to walk around wearing a shirt with one word. What would it say? Mom. Why?
2: It's been the best part of my life. The proudest part of my life. Every time if I get a, I get compliments all the time from people everywhere, family, friends, strangers... Let's say your kids are so good. You did such a good job with them. And that's the biggest compliment in the whole world that I can get.
0: I so, love that. I agree. Yeah. And being 50, 50 years on this saying. planet, but I'm saying 1971 <laughs> to now, like, what have you learned? Like, if you were to tell people my age that are going to listen to this, because this is for people my age, I'm 25 to, like, 25 to 30. If you're going to tell anybody anything, what would you say?
2: Jeez.
0: <laughs> or a few things. It doesn't have to be one thing.
2: Everyone always says, like, live your best life. But what <laughs> is that? Like, it's kind of what makes you happiest. And for everybody, that's probably something different.
0: Yeah. What but makes you happy? My entire
2: life, I've always, like, I'm, I don't like to be alone. I even now like to be surrounded by... I like to be around people. Mm-hmm. I don't enjoy moments alone too much. So, but then I started to realize that doesn't mean that you have to be in a relationships, either. You have your parents, you have your friends, you have your children, and you're not alone. And you have like you know, you can, Lots of things that, I felt I feel like I missed out. You know, everyone wants do overs. Yeah. But then there was good things, too. They just go so fast. And that's my biggest thing I would say is enjoy each day and every moment, especially to young people that haven't had kids yet. Yeah. Like, even when they're crying and they're annoying, enjoy every second. Even people that have dogs, when that dog's annoying, because earlier Rachel was saying how her dog <laughs> comes up on the front seat when she's trying to... But I had a dog, and I, you know, I, he was one of the best friends I had. Monroe and I, so I wish I could get some of that time back because those years go really fast with a dog.
0: You do take every day now, like you really days. do. You've always given thoughtful gifts, but like you really like yep. give lasting gifts and stuff.
2: And you just hope people always remember you in good ways. Yeah, and, you know, when you're gone, that they have all good things to say. It's not bad.
0: I can't imagine anybody saying anything bad about you. I can't. Actually, my mom at work is so nice that people think she's being fake. People genuinely have told her, I just can't. You're being fake with me. Like, I can't. This isn't real. And she's just that nice. She's just a nice person. What have... I'm going to call you out, Angel. What have you learned from mom? Like, if if you were going to think of one, two, three things, what have you learned
4: I learned how to be the best parent that someone could be. Because I get away with a lot. <laughs> like, I, if I killed somebody, I'd probably get away with it mm, from
0: mom. it's because you're the youngest. Mom would
2: help me hide the body. <laughs> she
0: would, and we should force us to bury it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Dave? What have you learned from mom? Um,
3: I think I would probably say that I... I think maybe I've learned to see more in myself because I think mom's seen more in me than I've seen more in me I think I've learned to forgive myself when I can't really forgive myself because I'm a, I'm a human being I'm a person like anyone else and you know we've all made mistakes I make my own mistakes but mom just you know has taught me to forgive myself
0: I love that What about you, Logan? What have you learned from my mom?
1: Take no shit, do no harm, unless they really fuck with you. (laughs) No, it's the truth.
0: She does not take shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We could talk about a few things, but let's not. Um, She definitely stands up for herself. And listen, this is a New York, Italian, Scottish, Irish woman. Like, she doesn't take shit. Like, she is very fiery. She's got... She's very fast when she talks. Like that's just. Surprised she doesn't walk
1: around with a baseball bat. That's all I'm gonna (laughs) say. She had
0: one that time. time. My car for a
2: long (laughs) time. Yeah,
0: that's my no. She did. She had a baseball bat in her car. (laughs) That's my that's my mom. Um, But what I you kind of stole it from me, Dave. But that's just because we're on the same wavelength here. If I were gonna say I've learned anything from my mom, it's that she sees me better than I see myself. Like, I'm very down on myself. I'm the oldest. I'm a perfectionist. I cried in high school when I didn't get A's. Like, I really struggle if I don't do academically well. Like, I have a lot of, like, issues, (laughs) like, with perfectionism and getting good grades and being the best. Like, if I'm going to do something, I need to be the best. But sometimes your best is, like, fucking up and... It's okay, and you can get back on your feet the next day. Like, there's always the next day. And the other thing is that I really like that she would do and that I've learned from her is, like, taking mental health days. She never got on my ass if I needed a day off school. She never got on my ass if I just need to call her. Like, today, I told you, I got to tell you something because I know you're going to feel me on this. Like, she just kind of gets it. So... We love you, Mom. Thank you. Come on, guys. Love you, Mom.
4: We love you guys,
0: too. We love you, Mom. All right. Well, this has been a really fun conversation on the unprofessional professional. And it was really nice to talk about my mom and hear some stories. We can't include every story. (laughs) Because some some are going to get us in trouble. But this has been really, really fun. And my mom's, like, the best. So... It's been the greatest. So thank you so much for listening. So again, I'm the uh, professional.
1: I'm the unprofessional.
0: And this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Everybody say hello or goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you so much again. Again, this is the (laughs) unprofessional. Unprofessional, professional. I am the professional. I'm the
1: unprofessional. This
0: has been an amazing conversation. (laughs) We gotta go. Peace.
1: Got got milk, milk. (laughs) love. Peace.